invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Luke chapter number 18. Double scary moments for me these days with the children's sermon. I don't know what Howard's going to do. And then I don't know how Scarlett's going to respond. As you saw today, she is a she uh, she could be accused of voter fraud because she voted every time. Uh, so, if you hear of voter fraud in Guilford County in the next election, she didn't vote. Um, Luke eighteen. Would you pray with me? Father, we are thankful today for joy and for your word. And Lord, as we come to your word, we just pray that you would open it to us in such a way that we would find joy in our hearts. Find joy through the comfort that your word gives. Find joy in the restoration through conviction that your word gives. Father, we simply want to hear from you today, so speak to us. Give me the words that are needed for all of those gathered here as we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been looking at blindness and the various causes of blindness and and how to regain our sight as we have entered 2020. So that we have that perfect vision that we can see clearly. And we conclude that look today with a, a note about what is required once someone has 2020 vision. Once someone can see clearly what happens to them afterward. We take a look today at a very well-known passage of Scripture about blind Bartimaeus. Now, he's not named that in our text. Notice with me, verses 35 through 37. As he drew near to to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth. Is passing by. Now, the only way that we know that uh, this is Bartimaeus is in the Mark's recounting of the story. He tells us that his name is Bartimaeus. There are a couple of things, though, that we need to think about when we first meet up on this blind man. Number one is why is he outside of Jericho? Notice that he's on. The way to Jericho. He's on the path to Jericho. And he is outside of Jericho. He's begging outside of Jericho. Now we know that the road to Jericho is not a safe place. We've learned that a couple of 
chapters before in Luke's gospel when the good Samaritan comes up on the man who has been robbed on the way to Jericho. And we know that the path to Jericho is full of robbers and thieves. And so it doesn't stand to make much sense to us that they have taken a blind man begging and who knows what could happen to him if he gets something in his cup with all those robbers out there. He has been put outside of the community for some reason. Now, Mark tells us that his name is Bartimaeus. And we think about the fact that that is his name. But actually, Bartimaeus simply means son of Timaeus. So, Mark puts it in there, as Mark is so often to do, with these little nuggets of information to point us to something. And what do, I, what do I think that he is pointing us to? It is the fact that somebody in the original writing of this gospel account knows why he's outside. Knows why he has been put outside of the community, knows why maybe he is blind. Did he maybe do something to cause his condition? Is he put outside blind maybe as some punishment? In other words, the blind man has a story. Beloved, do you all ever stop to think and I know that I often don't, that everyone has a story. And we'd like everyone to hear the good story, right? we like everyone to, to think about the good story that, that, that we tell, but everyone has another story. Everyone has that story in their life they don't want anybody to know about. Everybody has that story in their life that shows that they are not as holy as everyone thinks that they are. Beloved, do you always remember your story? And do you always remember that other people have stories? Maybe it's his story that is causing him to receive the treatment that he is Receiving from those around him. Notice with me verses 38 and 39. And he cried out, Jesus, son of, of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out for mercy and the people around him are telling him to shut up. He is calling out to the only one who can save him and the people around him are saying, be quiet. And why are they saying be quiet? Well, I think that the reason why they're saying be quiet is that they think that he doesn't need to get involved with Jesus because Jesus is a holy man and they don't need him to get cross-purposed with him beloved how often is it that we think that people don't deserve to know Jesus how often is it that we think that people don't deserve mercy 
Now you say, everyone deserves mercy. But really? Do we always think that? Do we always think that when we hear some news report of someone who has been murdered, that the person who is accused deserves mercy? Do we ever stop to think to ourselves that some person who has done something extraordinarily vile deserves mercy? We live in a world, beloved, that shows no mercy, that never wants to show mercy. But the key to reintegrating someone in a community is to show mercy. Is to show mercy so that they can know the love and grace and compassion of God. So how are you on showing mercy today? How are you on showing mercy particularly in how we deal with folks in our society today who know nothing of Jesus. Who say what we would sometimes think to be stupid things about our faith. Who would ridicule us about our faith. How often is it that we just point at them and ridicule them back instead of showing them mercy? Let's come really close to home. How easy is it for you, beloved, to show mercy to someone who has done you wrong? How easy is that? If you're like me, it's not very, is it? It's not easy when someone has hurt you really, really bad to show them any mercy. But isn't that what Jesus did throughout his ministry in bringing people who once were blind to sight was show them mercy? You say, well, I have to protect myself. And so I want you to hear something very clearly this morning. I, I, I fully understand and believe that you need to protect yourself from some people. There are some people in this world who even when you show them mercy are going to do nothing more than hurt you worse the next time. And I fully, fully believe that God intends for us to take care of ourselves. And so in showing them mercy, maybe the best thing, the best way to show them mercy is to leave them out of your life. I get that. But the vast majority of folks that we know, beloved... Don't fall into that category. The vast majority of folks we know don't fall into that category. And when we show them no mercy, we are no better than this crowd around the blind man here outside of Jericho saying, be quiet. Because maybe, beloved, the only way that these people will ever find mercy the main way they'll ever find Jesus is if we show them mercy that he gives to us. And in seeing that, they'll seek him. Mercy is integral. Because as we're about to see, it is how Jesus 
brings this man back home. Notice with me verses 40 through 42. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Clearly, the man had lost his sight for some reason. We don't know why. But he has clearly been sighted before. And now he has lost it. And he asked Jesus for the ability to once more see. But that is not the part in those verses that stops me. The part in those verses that stops me is the fact that in verse 40 it says, And Jesus stopped. Jesus is walking and he pauses. He pauses for just a moment. And he turns around and then says to the man, What do you want? After he commands them to bring them to him. Beloved, how often is it that you pause to hear what the world needs in regards to mercy? Or how often is it that you keep walking by? The world is always crying out for mercy. The world is always crying out for something to assuage the pain that is in their hearts. And we keep running. But we serve a Lord who pauses. And maybe in the quietness of our lives, we should pause more often to stop and hear and show mercy. A reminder to us all that Jesus says that he desires mercy and not sacrifice in Matthew 9.13, quoting Hosea 6.6. 6. A reminder to us that in Micah 6.8, the question is asking, what does the Lord require of you? And the answer given by God is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It is all dependent on mercy. Let us never be accused of being merciless. But in showing mercy, let us also note that it is always a sign that we have received mercy. Notice the end here, verse 33. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. You know, in all of the blind miracles that we have studied thus far, this is the only one that shows someone following Jesus afterwards. It's the only one. Which to me <clears throat> solidifies something in my mind. That this guy lost his sight and is outside of the community 
for some wrong that he has done. And in following Jesus, in turning his life around, he has repented. He has found mercy and now he follows Jesus. Beloved, every one of us is called to repentance. Every one of us is called to follow Jesus. To turn our lives around and follow him. To find mercy from him because none of us deserve his mercy. None of us deserve God's grace. We are all vile sinners. We are all always somewhere in our hearts not right with God. And God is always calling us to find his grace and his mercy after we are brought to sight. And to forsake those ways and follow him. And the easiest way, beloved, I know that we can ever seek to reintegrate people into a sighted world is to always flood that world with mercy. For if we are to ever say welcome home, we have to be always ready to give mercy, to receive mercy, and to above all, pursue the mercy of God. I almost say again, that is incredibly hard. Because there are lots of people that we don't think deserve mercy. There may be some of us here today who don't think we deserve mercy from God. That there is some wrong in our life that we have done that keeps us far from Him. And the simple answer, beloved, is that all stand equal before God and all need His mercy and grace. And so the question is, which would you rather be? Which would you rather be? On the outside or the inside? Would you like to be on the outside like the blind man here at the beginning in danger and not even able to see the danger because no one has showed you any mercy? Or would you like to find mercy and be brought back into the community to feel the love and the grace and the warmth of it? It's that simple. It's that simple. It's, it's at the heart of us saying, welcome home. Our inability to show mercy, beloved, will keep us blind. Our inability to receive mercy will keep us blind. Our inability to pursue mercy from God will keep us blind. But mercy, grace, will always bring us home. Can you hear the Father say to you today, Welcome home.
Is there some situation in your life today that you need to say to by extending mercy? Welcome home. I know on a week that it is going to be 70 degrees in North Carolina in February, this makes zero sense. But do not stand alone in the cold when the warmth of God's mercy is on the other side of the door. Come home. Let's pray. Lord, we've seen how we're all blind. We've spent weeks on that. But Lord, it all, the, 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 the perfect salve for blindness Perfect salve is mercy. So, Lord, for all who need mercy today, I pray that they would find it. For all who need to give mercy today, I pray that you would flood mercy into their hearts in such a way that it has to flow into the areas that they need to give mercy to. That at the end of this Lord's day, we can all rest around the warm hearth of your love. Feasting on your grace and mercy. For that is what you require of all of us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Where has God spoken to you today about your need for mercy? Your need to give your need to receive. Wherever it is, beloved, if God has exposed it to you, that means that He is ready and able to endow you with it. You must just rely on Him. Maybe it's today that you've not experienced mercy in your heart by knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today I'd be glad to show you that true gift of grace and mercy. It is a relationship with Him. Maybe today you want to be part of a, a group of people who are constantly pursuing mercy and ways to show mercy to the world at large. Maybe it's another need that you have. I don't know. Whatever it is that God's spoken to you today, though, I pray you would respond as we stand to sing. Would you come?